The following program is made possible in part by the generous financial support of listeners like you. By Maximize Life Chiropractic, bringing you to optimum health, Maximize Life Chiropractic. For more information in the Denver metro area, give them a call at 303-922-8146 or visit the website at www.MaximizeLifeChiropractic.com. By Internet Media Providers, makers of X-Cable. Watch almost any television station in the world, including programs on demand with X-Cable. For more information, look for the link to Internet Media Providers on this website or app, or visit us directly at www. Dot internet media providers dot com. The opinions and views expressed in the following program are solely those of the show hosts and guests of the program, and are not necessarily those of CTK Radio Ministries, CTK Media Services, or the management and staff thereof. Dr. Andrew, how are you? Very well. And our special guest? Ashley Bishop. Ashley Bishop. And today we're going to discuss... Well, last time, last time we talked about the administrative problems that, would, that are going to lead to basically the sixth seal. And we're going to now today talk about the engineering errors that will lead to the sixth seal. So... Um, so we're going to kind of give a quick review of what's going on and, and kind of go from there. Okay. So today is uh, June 7th, 2020, and again I'm going to quote from the third seal. It says this, when he broke the third seal, I heard the third living, living creature saying, come. I looked and behold a black horse, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard something like a voice in the center of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for Daenerys and three quarts of barley for Daenerys, and do not damage the oil and the wine. Revelation 6. <clears throat> so we spoke of last week about how damaging the oil ultimately will lead to the sixth seal. Right. So it really goes down to this, is that we're waiting for the sixth seal. We're in the middle of the fourth seal right now, which is pestilence and basically the angel of death. Um, but we know this about the sixth seal. We know that it is a particular place in the world, which right. is, which is, which is uh, the Middle East. Nope. Well, it's actually outside of Jerusalem, isn't it? Nope. The sixth seal is going to happen in New York City. Oh yes, we have been talking about the yep. destruction of the Great Babylon. Yep. So. So this we know. We know we're way overdue for a major earthquake in New York City. Yes, we are. <clears throat> so it happens every 100 years, and the last earthquake happened in 1884. So we're about 40 years overdue for right. a big earthquake. And it, in general, it's going to be. It should be about a six. So 
so that is the earthquake really isn't the sixth seal in the sense that if the earthquake damages the city, the city will rebuild. Okay, so that's not the issue. So, the, but it's bigger. It's bigger than that. So, the, really, the issue is that there's a multi-billion-dollar industry, two multi-billion-dollar industries north of the city. Correct. Uh, so we know this: that Indian Point Nuclear Plant is a three-unit nuclear plant, nuclear uh, three-unit nuclear power plant owned by Entergy, and it's in Buchanan, New York, uh, which is about 25 miles north of Central Manhattan. Right. Okay. So it sits on the along the Hudson River. Uh, originally built in 1962, so really it should have been closed down 40 years ago. Right. Uh, so it's the reason why it's not. It's a 4.2 billion dollar a year industry just from that nuclear plant itself. Right. Supplies 40 percent of the energy to New York State, 25 percent to New York City. So you can't just, can't just shut, shut it, it off. Down. Okay. Uh, furthermore. Uh, in 1962, so I give him some leeway. So 1962, okay, we didn't know there were fault lines there. Uh, True. We however, didn't. you know, the uh, their own seismologists, the seismologists at Columbia University, <coughs> of which I have uh, actually many relatives who graduated from there okay. and are still going there. So we know it's a pretty good school. Yes. Um, so the uh, Earth Observatory discovered that there's a big fault line that runs just, just a few thousand feet north of the nuclear the plant. plant. <laughs> Ramapo fault line's like a few thousand feet north of it, okay? Um, so really, once they figured that out, 2008 should have been thinking about closing that thing down. Well, um, that's when they should have put the close sign on the door as soon yeah. as they realized yeah. that. And that's what got me in trouble was I, I got pissed off and I wrote to the, some not-so-nice letters to <laughs> the administration. I said, what the F are you doing, guys? Um, so anyway... Um, <clears throat> there's another funny aspect about that particular power plant. And that aspect is that Close by, within a hundred yards, somebody allowed. Oh yeah, so high pressure gas line. Yeah, but that's been there too for quite a while. So yeah, yeah, the AIM line has been there for a while. So that so, two thousand eight. Okay, University CU Columbia University comes in and says, okay, there's a fault line right there, guys. and then, ironically, the NRC, uh, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, comes in and says, oh, yeah, you guys are right. And they kind of made a faux pas. So in their rhetoric, they said this. They said, uh, quote, Indian Point Nuclear Reactor Number 3 has the highest risk of earthquake damage in the country, end quote. And they've been backtracking ever since that comment. Well, that's... <laughs> so... The, the sad part about telling the truth is that it's hard to untell. Yeah, so they've been backing track, backtracking from that ever since. Like, why haven't you guys shut down the plant yet? How, why haven't you shut the plant? And they're backtracking, and they're like, well, no, that's not what we really meant. Yeah. Um, so what did you really mean? Well, the problem is that's the NRC, so we'll, we'll talk more about what the problem is with the NRC. And Reactor 3 is the most powerful of three reactors there. It yep. is. Yeah, that's why they're the last to shut down. It is, the yes. highest risk. And and uh, I remember when it was built, 
there were, were a lot of protests to it at the time it was built, but nobody knew about the fault lines. Yep. So, so the other thing is what we haven't been paying attention to is, uh, so first of all, in 2015-16, okay. uh, Barack Obama's administration approved of an upgrade to that pipeline. So there was originally a pipeline uh, 19, in the 1950s that was built, and for whatever reason, they put the nuclear plant there, too. And um, <laughs> and then, um, and then uh, so basically, Enbridge, so the, who owns the pipeline, says, you know, this pipeline ain't big enough for us. And it's so, 36 you know, inches. So it, yeah, but so, it wasn't big enough. So it wasn't big enough. So you know, we always say bigger is better, right? Yes. So, uh, so anyway, you live in Texas, though. Yeah. So so in, uh, so basically, the Obama the OIG of Obama's administration approved okay. of an upgrade from a twenty six to a forty two inch. Okay. And uh, the question is, uh, how did this happen? Uh, not only that, but it continues to operate despite multiple complaints. Uh, the Highland Current said this. They said, quote, A report released by the Office of the Inspector General of the Nuclear Regulatory Commission on February 26, 2020, so just a few months ago, okay. showed how agency staff misled the public and others about the safety of building a massive 42-inch high-pressure gas pipeline under the property of Indian Point to carry frac gas to Canada for export. It said another gross example in a long list of fossil fuel companies. It's, not, it's actually it's not just fossil fuel. It's nuclear as well. Uh, putting their profit before our lives. 20 million lives to be precise. Well, let's take that back. It's going to be 7 billion by the time this is over with. And our government is failing to protect us. End quote. So... The interesting thing is, I think our obviously our advertising, our publicizing, uh, our writing to the government has made a difference. So the um, so interestingly, just a couple weeks ago, in a letter to the NRC, New York State Senator Pete Harcum called for the public release of Entergy Corporation's revised safety analysis of the dangerous high-pressure natural gas pipeline that crosses beneath the three nuclear reactors and highly radioactive fuel storage casts at the Indian Point Energy Center mm-hmm. in Buchanan, New York. How, what was well, it? we're in the process of it. So the, he's, he wrote a letter, and um, okay. so basically, in a nutshell, they were forced to re- redo their studies, and that's going to take way probably, too long, obviously. Yeah, probably a couple of, probably six, seven months. Well, yeah, it'll be over by then. Okay. Um, so... <clears throat> So if the analysis, so the analysis concludes, he says, if the analysis concludes the pipeline is unsafe, Harcum asks that it be shut down. Okay. So he said this quote, it is essential that Entergy's revised analysis be released for public review, so that the public can determine whether the revised analysis redresses the numerous failures listed in the OIG report and offers an accurate and complete analysis of the actual threat posed to the millions of people who live in this area. Wow. The chief responsibility of our government officials, this is all hocus pocus, but he right, says this, but it's all... through, through policy and action is to safeguard our residents. It, it never has been that. 
We therefore urge NRC to conduct a full independent evaluation of the risk and release energies revised analysis. That's going to take years, a year at least. Well, I mean, that's right. how long the first study took. Uh, it says, consistent with this redo evaluation, the NRC should determine whether the pipeline poses a threat to the millions of people in the surrounding areas requiring a permanent shutdown of the pipeline, end quote. So again, this was uh, Senator Harcum's letter, uh, both, on the, both to Entergy and uh, as well as published in the paper. My fear is, is that what will happen is that these things will take so long that their hope is we'll forget. Yeah. So the fortunate thing is uh, we're able to get release of some of those documents through the Freedom of Information Act. Okay. So we're going to address them before uh, Harkin gets the chance to get Energy's uh, analysis, okay? okay? So we have, I have multiple lawyers uh, from Yale, etc. I've got um, all types of engineers uh, from Houston that are now analyzing all this data and we're going to see what they have to say about this. Um, so we do know this uh, from those lawyers that the fault that we discussed last time, the process was terrible. Yeah. It was absolutely horrible. And, and um, there, there's a lot of stuff that should have been done that didn't get done. Yeah. So... Um, Cindy, you only had, what, three weeks to do the report? Yeah, they gave them yeah. three weeks to do But it was a lot better. I, honestly, their three-week report was a thousand times better than what Entergy put out. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> well, because... It was infinitely better. Yeah, because they were <laughs> In actually, three weeks. <laughs> they, they weren't trying to hide anything. They just... Yeah, but it was... And it wasn't written on a piece of toilet, toilet paper. paper. <laughs> Sorry, but that's basically what it was. I mean, everyone that, everyone, every engineer that said, that's looked at it, they're like, OMG, who is this engineer that just wrote and, a bunch of cat scratch on, right, on because, a piece of paper? Because this makes no sense to me. <laughs> it makes no sense at all. So. Wow. But anyway, the the process was, was this, you know, it wasn't just incompetent. I, I believe it was nefarious. Well, it was, and, it was purposely done so that, you know, we're... Yeah, so a multi-billion dollar industry could continue to operate. And, and the last time we, we sat down and we added it up, when we talked about it last time, we, we came up with over $6 billion, with a B, dollars in, in, in energy that's being pumped through and from that nuclear plant, through the pipe and from the nuclear plant. Yep. So we so know really, they're not going to want to shut that down. We know that. So really, I, I put the blame on four people. So Entergy, which is the nuclear company. Okay. Enbridge, which is the pipeline company. Okay. The NRC, obviously, who worked in co cahoots with these guys. Okay. And, and the FERC, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, for not keeping a check and balance in the system. Okay. Mm. So, um, so anyway, as so they did a, finally got an independent report done, uh, April eighth, two thousand twenty. Uh, it was concluded by the report of the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission expert evaluation team on concerns pertaining to gas transmission lines near the Indian Point nuclear power plant. The current concerns of the gas transmission lines are basically twofold. twofold. So the first concern, concern is what we spoke of last week. All, okay. the, all the multiple, multiple nefarious 
administrative errors that were made in the process. Okay. Uh, and the second concern now that we're going to begin to address, it's going to take a couple, at least two or three sessions, are the countless engineers that were made and saying, yeah, go for it, guys. We're good to go. So, um, yeah, we're good to go if you wanted to make a bomb. Let's put it that way. Well, because um, you have one, a live yeah. one, and yeah. it's ticky. And it, it has no, no timer, but it is ticky. Yep. So multiple, multiple errors are made in, in both administrative and engineering, and uh, we'll begin to start talking about those engineering errors. Okay. So we're going to take a break right now, and when we come back, we're going to start the conversation. I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe, and this is The Prophecy Show on the King Dr. Andrew has written eight books on end-time prophecy related to this series. To find out more about Dr. Andrew and the books on end-time prophecy, visit his website at www.andrewtheprophet.com. That's www.andrewtheprophet.com. The best way to keep track of what's going on in the Middle East is to visit theprophecy.blog. Observers and reporters on the ground update the site in real time hourly, so you stay informed. That's theprophecy.blog. You're listening to Christ the King Radio at ctkradio.org. This program is available as a podcast. Simply visit the podcast section of our website, www. .ctkradio.org. Click on the logo for the Prophecy Show and look for the title of this program in the listing. Services in kind provided by Maximize Life Chiropractic, bringing you to optimum health. Maximize Life Chiropractic. For more information in the Denver metro area, give them a call at 303 922 8146 or visit the website at www.maximizelifechiropractic.com by internet media providers makers of patriot with patriot every news channel in the world is at your fingertips the patriot for more information look for the link to internet media providers on this website or app or visit us directly at www.internetmediaproviders.com. You're listening to Christ the King Radio at ctkradio.org. Welcome back to The Prophecy Show. I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe. I'm here with Dr. Andrew and our special guest, Ashley Baker. Uh, what's going on, Andrew? So um, so we talked about, you know, the fact that a lot of mistakes were made. Um, yes. The state, Senator Hawkum is trying to get a 
uh, get them to publish whatever studies they come up with. But that's going to take a year at least. Right. Uh, so we, as uh, truth seekers, are our duty is to basically present the facts since it's going to take a long time. It'll be too late by the time things happen. So our so, job then becomes to present the facts as we know them. Exactly. So and, the, and get them to explain what, so the, what we present. Exactly. So the, the fortunate thing is that through the FOIA Freedom of Information Act, we have some access. Not, not a lot, but some okay. access. So we have actually the report uh, of that review process. Okay. Uh, and finally, it was an independent review process, not a nefarious, uh, I would call it incestual relationship between uh, Entergy, Enbridge, and multiple government entities, including the NRC, FERC, and Obama's OIG. Wow. So, sorry to use so many acronyms, but... Yeah, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's al al alphabet soup here. Yeah, but basically, it's, yeah, it's corporations and government sleeping in bed together. Um, Which is never a good thing. No. So, every, time, every time that happens, we the people lose. Exactly. So, so we do know this, that the uh, Entergy, which is the owner of Indian Point Nuclear Plant, did the original studies. Mm -hmm. They submitted it to the NRC, and the NRC basically said, oh, that's good, we're good. Um, so without performing any independent studies, they authorized it, and it was built in 2016. Okay. Uh, only now, four years later, do we realize from the report that the NRC probably shouldn't have done that because they didn't have anyone that knew what the hell they were doing. Which begged the question, why? Because you have another government agency that's probably more capable of looking at the pipeline. Yeah, or, or an independent. Yeah. Contracting, you know what I mean? Wow. Uh, you know, at worst, you get an independent. Uh, they don't like to do that, but no, because but at least you have. But at least you have people within the, you know, Department of Energy yeah. that could have done the studies. And DOT, mm. they actually have a pipeline safety department. But here we have, you know, uh, these guys, you know, they're they're smart. I mean, but the problem is, you got a nuclear engineer mm. approving of a gasoline study. Oh. And, uh, that doesn't work very well. Let, let's, put it, let's put it this way. I have nuclear engineers in my family, and I've got a lot of petroleum engineers, and they'd be like, it would be the equivalent of me as an intern saying, oh, I can do your heart surgery on you. Not <laughs> mine. It's <laughs> basically the equivalent. I, mean, Andrew, I, I know how to use a scalpel. I, I know, know where your heart is. And guess what? I know you, and I love you dearly. As a doctor, you can prescribe all the pills for me you like. Yeah. But you can't I would, do I would hope you would have my license revoked if I did something like that. So, <laughs> so, so in other words, so these engineers know that that if this keeps churning, and their names are ever mentioned. Oh yeah, they, they, they've, they've erased toast. their names. Um, so, but but don't take my word for it. Okay. So the the report said this. They said on April eighth, two thousand twenty, quote, this petition review also exposed the fact that for certain skill sets such as external hazard analysis. Limited expertise is available internally to the agency. Don't say I didn't say it. 
The report said that. The report said it. The report said that there's not enough people who know what the heck they're doing here. Yeah. So don't, don't do don't, this. Don't count on what I said, okay? Okay. So, um, so regardless, the pipeline was approved, um, uh, but not without opposition. So shareholders, uh, stakeholders, including the local community and environmentalists said, wait a second, guys. So Paul Blanc, who's an independent nuclear engineer, uh, blew the whistle and he actually submitted a um, petition saying stop. So on November 15, 2014, Paul Blunt submitted what's called a 10 CFR 2.206 petition, okay. uh, which uh, contests the original uh, 10 CFR 5.59 evaluation from Entergy uh, and approval from NRC and said, whoa, hold on. So something's wrong with the yeah, way so, this looks. So as we talked last time, it was very haphazard, very lackadaisical. Right. Get your toilet paper out and write on it. <laughs> so. <laughs> and so that's what they did. Yeah, and if it were me, I would be saying not only were you using toilet paper, you were using used toilet paper. Yeah, it's because you have the stinks. Because yeah, it stinks. This whole thing stinks. Stinks really badly. So, so, um, so anyway, they, yeah, they did it, and actually they approved of the gas line even before Paul Blunt got all his inquiries submitted and answered. Oh, wait, that, that didn't make sense either. No, it didn't, but they, they can do what they want because they are okay. the government. So, okay. um, so Paul Blunt said, okay, I guess I'm not going to get anything through Obama, so let's wait a few years and see what I can get through uh, the trip. The Trump administration. So, like I said, I'm no fan of Trump, but fortunately, a new OIG came in and said, "Whoa, there's something there's wrong something, with this report. Something stinks. Something stinks in paradise here, guys." Yes. So, um, and I'm holding toilet paper. Yeah. So, on February 13, 2020, the NRC office of the OIG issued an event inquiry. Okay. Uh, so it's concerns pertaining to the gas transmission lines at Anium Point Nuclear Power Plant, case number 16-024. Okay. In that report, the OIG raised concerns regarding, one, the NRC's safety analysis that supported the FERC determination to approve modifications to gas pipelines near Anium Point, and two, the NRC's response to a related 10 CFR 2.206 petition. So we talked about that response last week, okay? Yes, we did. And uh, then it did stink. Yes. Um, so, so what exactly are the concerns regarding the NRC and Entergy's safety analysis of the AIM pipeline? So the report said this. It says the concern is that, quote, Entergy, the plant owner, okay. and the NRC made some optimistic assumptions in analyzing the potential rupture of the 42-inch natural gas transmission pipeline, end quote. Okay. So what do we mean optimistic assumptions, okay? Uh, so unfortunately, we only have enough time to go over one of these, the first of them, okay? Okay, let's go, let's, then let's do that. So, um, and like I said, I'm waiting for more information from my engineers to see what they think. Okay. But the first of many optimistic assumptions was that the pipeline could be shut down within three minutes. 
even yeah. though many decisions and actions have to be executed and for such an incident to occur. So I see Ashley's kind of like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> That's so incredible. So, yeah, even to me that seems uh, unreasonable, unreasonable even if you have full automation in place, okay? But, okay. but we do know this. In the footnote of the report, it said this. The evaluation states that the existing pipeline automation and control system, which will be used for the proposed new 42-inch pipeline near Indian Point, does not provide for an automatic isolation of the closest upstream and downstream mainline valves upon the detection of a pipeline rupture. So in other words, in, a, in other words, what that report says is that if there's a rupture, there really is no way to stop it. Well, no, there is a way, but it's not automated. But it's so not, this is it, not it, like... I, no, but, but, it, it, but it, it, I guess that, that's what I meant. Yeah, it's, it's not, not automated. There's an operator. There's, there's, there's a Somebody has to be there. Which is appropriate. Actually, which is appropriate. Uh, I think it's appropriate that an uh, operator should be making okay. that decision. Because, it, it, after all, it is a $4 million dollar that pipeline makes $4 million a day, pumps right. $4 million a day of gas, so you don't want something automatic shutting it down. True. Uh, yeah, you want to have some executive decision-making occurring. Yeah, that, that three minutes is highly optimistic. So, for example, on February 15th of 2017, you had a 36-inch gas line that exploded in Texas. It wow. took over half an hour to shut down the line. Uh, while it was burning, okay, the police, or the, um, one of the deputies, uh, Chief uh, Gary Wright, responded to the scene and said he could feel the heat a quarter of a mile away. Ah! Okay. And heat, in the presence of um, other substances, is, is, is not good. No. Especially and for, it's, and, and in 30 and minutes, it can do a lot of damage. Well, it's definitely not good near a nuclear power plant. Yeah, that's what we call a meltdown. Yeah, that's 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 the worst thing that could happen. And that's that's just the inferno. We're not even talking about the blast effect of a pipeline rupturing. Okay. And and so. And so, for example, um, I think in it, like the one in Texas, they had uh, one that the pipeline I think broke into three pieces, and it's one of the pieces that struck a, I believe a bridge that carries the line over uh, the Pecos River, and that was the area that killed, I think, 10 people. Uh, now, I, I heard about that blast in Texas, but I didn't hear about that piece of pipe that caused more damage. Yeah. And uh, that's, uh, so, that yeah. also reminds me of what happened with PP and this P... PG&E in Texas, mm -hmm. I mean in California, when when that pipeline blew up a few years back and took out a town. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, ideally, when a pipeline blows up, it splits. But the older pipelines, for example, I think the one in uh, that's in close proximity to the nuclear power plant, like the Algonquin line, mm -hmm. is pretty old. And like the one in Texas, they identified a lot of metallurgical um, uh, d 
defects in the, or deficiencies in the pipeline, which caused it to actually separate and segment out. Ah. And it left, um, I think it left a trough that's like over 150 feet line, uh, long and 50 feet wide or something like that. A crater. Wow. So, yeah, so they, um, so, so the first assumption was that, yeah, yeah, it's not automated, guys. There, there is a um, operator. So they said that the two closest actuating valves to that nuclear plant are 2.61 miles to the left or to the west of the Hudson. Okay. And uh, a post 5.47 east of Indian Point. So basically, you got nine miles of, of pipe mm -hmm. that's exposed that if there's a rupture, at the so yeah at at the minimum there's going to be nine, nine miles, miles between of, them between the yeah, valves so you're going to get a nine mile nine miles of gas exploding on you that's a, that's your ideal situation okay okay um, so but there's a problem and the problem is is that the the pipeline to the west is under the Hudson River yeah but there's that's what I'm saying there's valves just just east of the or just west of the river that are supposed to be turned off by the operator. So, um, so the system we know it's monitored 24 hours a day. Uh, an alarm would go off if there were a leak, and it would alert the control point operator in Houston, Texas, of an event, and uh, and the isolation would be initiated. Okay, so this is a let's put it this way. So you've got an operator. I mean, I'm probably making seventy-five thousand a year. Okay. And um, he's got to decide, looking at the numbers, knowing that there's fluctuations that happen, there's slow leaks that happen, there's corrosion issues. Okay. He's gonna look at it and he's gonna say, "There's a drop. Uh, am I gonna one shut off the valve and shut down a four million dollar a day uh, gas pipeline and lose my job?" Or, or am I gonna talk to my advisor and see how we can? What do we do next? Well, because there are ways that we could repressurize the line. Right. Would, exactly. Or is, this, or is this error? It's just you know, it's just just false information. Uh, so here, here he goes. Uh, I'm gonna make a call to my supervisor, who is uh, probably sleeping in Houston, Texas. Uh, yeah, and just like. Uh, Okay, I just woke my supervisor, and he's like, "Oh, is this another false alarm?" And getting out of summer, let me get a cup of coffee first, and then I'll uh, go ahead and answer I'll this. I'll deal with it, and then so he gets up. Yep. And so now let's let's do a time estimate just so so we 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 could show folks how this really works. So let's say it's it's 9 a.m. at Indian Point when the first alarms go off and a call is made to Houston, Texas, where it's now a little after 8 a.m., which means another call has to be made back to New York. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> so. and, and in the process, uh, the, the point I'm really trying to make here is that these people are so spread out oh, no. by yeah. time zone. Yeah. That what's going on when they're needed? Oh, of course, and, are and, so and, different. And, yeah, and, and please, patient. You know, my patients, please forgive me, but I even I don't answer within three minutes on emergency phone calls. So, <laughs> oh, 
but, so but, that, but, I'm but, just but saying. we're I'm not just talking saying. about three minutes now. We're talking about maybe three to four hours. Yeah. And with the time changes and getting information back yeah. and forth. So, so this is what they assume. So I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna quote this. It says the estimated time to respond to the alarm, less than one minute. So in other words, the sensor goes off, message gets down, and the closure time of the valves one minute. So anywhere, so it takes one minute from him to push the button and to say shut the valve, and then the message goes to New York and shuts the valve. So he has basically, they uh, okay. Let me finish up was used as a basis for an assumed closure time of three minutes for the analysis performed in the attached report, end quote. So that means operator X and gets 60 seconds to decide whether or not to shut down that valve. That's oh, what they're wow. saying. They're saying, okay, the time it took for us to take 10 deep breaths is basically the amount of time that you get to actually shut the valve shut down, down a multi a multi-billion dollar power plant or gas or, line. or gas line rather yeah that regardless you're gonna lose your job but you know well you it, but you but you but it still can't be done yeah i mean i mean we're sitting here we're looking at what needs to be done and how long it takes and even if we we assess it in minutes yeah so so obviously Paul Blanc, the petitioner, was like, whoa. So as he addressed in the report, he said, it says, in April 2015, the petitioner, Paul Blanc, received documents from the NRC and his views supported the petition's assertion that a materially false statement was made. So the OIG is saying this just recently. With respect to Enbridge's ability to close the AIM pipeline, valves within three minutes, end quote. I'd agree. So, uh, Enbridge agrees with that in the sense okay. that they documented in the evaluation that their pipeline opera says, no, nah, it probably takes six minutes. So as it states in the report, a pipeline operator estimated it would take at least six minutes after the detection of a leak to close the valves. Okay, so let's say six minutes to decide. One minute to get the signal. One minute to transmit the signal. Eight minutes. Okay, we'll, we'll say eight minutes there. Okay. Um, OIG noted inconsistencies in the understanding of the amount of gas that would be released. The analyst, analyst, so not the original guy, but the guy that takes all that data and punches, punches out the number, crunches the numbers. He assumed that the isolation valves of the pipeline could be closed in three minutes, end quote. So even, even Enbridge, from their own operator, said, realistically, it would be eight minutes. Okay. The operator said, can't be done faster. Their own guy said, eight minutes is your ideal scenario, guys. I would agree with that. Uh, that's about right. That's your ideal scenario. Uh, if everything goes perfectly, not three minutes, not one-third of that time. So why did they get away with that? Because of the government. So you said... And because the corporation, America. Multi-billion dollar corporation, America. And see, therein lies a huge problem. And it appears, at least to me, that whenever big business is involved and billions of dollars 
can yeah. be made by a very few people. Oh, yeah. So I always say, hey, what the heck? Big business, big government, big explosion. It all is consistent. Well, you know, we talked about that in the very beginning when you and I first talked about Indian Point. And, and I didn't see it at the time. But by the end of the fourth seal, one-fourth of man has been wiped out. Yes. And I can see that happening from Indian Point. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not so much Indian Point. So the problem is Indian Point, boom, little radiation leaks down the Hudson. Guess who what has to shut down completely? Manhattan has to quit Manhattan. Well, let's see. It's not just Manhattan. It's New Jersey. It's Pennsylvania. It's oh, yeah. Delaware. Yeah, I mean, it's the, yeah, it's the it's, East Board. It's the East it, Board that shuts down. Uh, <laughs> government, you know, basically the government gets moved to back over here to Denver. You yes. Know? So, I yeah, mean, you know, so because, huge changes. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's wild. But, um, if you've never been to, to the places that we're talking about, and, and I, I know I'm saying this only because, you know, I've watched reports of other places that I have lived, and, and I know when I see or hear that things are happening where they are, and I suggest you take out a map and take a look at just how Manhattan and the Hudson River and Indian Point actually look. Yeah. On the map. So you could see the kind that here's the real issue. When when Manhattan shuts down for whatever reason. No, it's the heart of Babylon the Great. And it when is. it shuts down for whatever the reason. That's it. It's done. Game over. So yeah, so the issue is that, you know, we're talking about riots, we're talking about police and like, oh guys. Please, you'll be begging for the days of police. Yeah, I guess that one of the <laughs> solutions is to a disaster there. Wow. Yeah. Shelter in place. Yeah. Yeah, shelter in place because yeah. you have because yeah, you can't move that many yeah. people that yeah. fast. Yeah. 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 So. There'll be there'll be no way. I'm your host Michael Van Lowe, and this is the Supporting Christ the King Radio at ctkradio.org. Dr. Andrew has written eight books on end time prophecy related to this series. To find out more about Dr. Andrew and the books on end time prophecy, visit his website at www.andrewtheprophet.com. Dot com. That's www.andrewtheprophet.com. The best way to keep track of what's going on in the Middle East is to visit theprophecy.blog. 
observers and reporters on the ground update the site in real time hourly so you stay informed. That's the prophecy.blog. We invite you to visit and explore the Christ the King Radio website at www.ctkradio.org. Our responsive website is designed to work on just about any device. Find information about our hosts and programs and keep track of what's going on here at Christ the King Radio Ministries. Just visit and like the Christ the King Radio website at www.ctkradio.org. Winter always means snow and ice on the roads. So it's not hard for even the most careful person to find themselves involved in a car crash. I'm Michael Van Lowe, and if this happens to you, I suggest you give my friends at Maximize Life Chiropractic a call at 303-922-8146. Dr. Sergio Rockport is highly trained and has years of experience treating back, neck, and extremity pain caused by a car crash, mine included, and all without using harmful and addictive pain medications. For a complete list of Dr. Rockefort's training and credentials and a sampling of his glowing patient testimonials, visit the website at www.maximizelifechiropractic.com. While on the website, you'll discover that Dr. Rockefort also treats sports injuries. Don't walk around in pain. His services are covered under most insurance plans. To make an appointment to see the doctor, give them a call at 303-922-8146. For clinic location and hours of operation, visit the website at www.maximizelifechiropractic.com. Bringing you to Optimum Health, Maximize Life Chiropractic. You're listening to Christ the King Radio at ctkradio.org. Show. I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe. Um, Dot, this does not look good. Yeah, and we were just talking the first of many engineering errors that were made. But basically, you've got this company, Enbridge uh, and Entergy, that stated, okay, uh, we can shut it down in three minutes. And their own operator said, Eight minutes. Eight minutes is your best case scenario. Right. Um, so this is what they said. Um, they said, okay, it's <coughs> three to eight minutes. So the report states this. Based on tabletop training and the operating experience, Enbridge estimated that it would likely take three to eight minutes. It should have been eight minutes to whatever to identify a rupture using the SCADA, which is the Supervisory Control and Data Acquisition System, to confirm that the valves need to be closed and close the valves. <clears throat> Enbridge noted that three minutes, uh, previously re- referenced to by Entergy, would be, quote, a best case scenario, end quote. Okay. So 
So even according to Enbridge, their best case scenario is actually three times three minutes. Right. Because their operator said that. Yeah. Six minutes plus plus two minutes. Plus two so minutes. So eight that's... minutes is your best case scenario. Okay. Um, yeah, even eight minutes is highly minimized. Uh, you know, as uh, Ashley was saying, the last big pipeline rupture took how long? Took uh, over half an hour. So last pipeline. 30, oh, 30 minutes. Let's say 30 yeah. minutes. Give me and and I believe it. And I, I believe, if you're correct, the location was actually very close to Houston, right? So because it was in Texas, right? Yeah, it was in Texas. So, so they're saying, uh, they're saying, uh, New York to Texas thing. This is the Texas to Texas thing. Yeah, but see, but but here's the real thing, and and it took almost a half an hour. It was in Texas. The operator was in Texas, and so everybody they had to call was right there. Yeah, everyone was and there. It still took a half an hour. Yeah. Well, so what do you think it's gonna? How much time do you think we'll add? And I was talking about that in the last segment when I was talking about what happens at 9 a.m. here actually happens at 8 a.m. there. And this guy is awake with his shoes on, and that guy's just getting up with a cup of coffee. Yeah. So we got a problem. That's... Got, yeah. Yeah. As we say, Houston, we got a problem. <laughs> and, then, and then they had another explosion north of Amarillo. But that one, they got shut off, I think, in 10 minutes. Now, when was that? Oh, you don't have the data. Okay, never mind. So, so even uh, eight minute eight minutes is probably not practical. Okay. Okay. So, um, as the report states, it says, "quote Data from the actual accident experience, as discussed in section two point four, indicates that it can take minutes to several hours to isolate ruptured pipelines." End quote. So, because of the, I said, uh, I'd call it incestuous relationship between Entergy Enbridge NRC and uh, the previous OIG. Okay. Uh, the current OIG under Trump requested an independent review. So, actually, I think uh, Brown in some ways may be happy to hear us report this. Because <laughs> he has a good reason to go after Obama. Mm -hmm. But... Um, just a few months ago, an independent review was finally performed by Oak Ridge National Laboratory. Okay. So it's a uh, very competent, federally funded research and development center under the under contract by the DOE. Okay. Okay. So even Oak Ridge, even in their report, they had to disclose that you know this is just kind of all cases, but we can't rule out other circumstances, say an earthquake. Okay. Ah. Uh, stay in the report. It says, when discussing the scope of the report, Oak Ridge noted blasts, overpressure shrapnel, and earthquake-type effects yes. resulting from an un unintended natural gas or hazardous liquid pipeline release are hazards that can adversely affect humans, property, and the environment. However, these effects are beyond the scope of this study because they occur immediately after the break and... Uh, which typically requires several minutes to close, cannot mitigate these hazards. So in other words, you know, if you get an earthquake and you get a complete break, 
All, dude, bet, all bets are off. Yeah, dude, there's no way we're going to be able to off. shut this down in eight minutes. I, well, honestly, I don't know if you'll be able to shut it down. Well. <laughs> That's my concern. Uh, well, uh, but, and, and you're right. We're talking about an earthquake here, so maybe the valves got damaged. Well, it's not, just that, it's not just valves. Or, it's it's you destroyed the whole infrastructure of communication. Ouch. I mean. I forgot about the communications part. Yeah, I mean, you got electricity that shut down completely, and. You know, and, uh, and then they've got this worldwide disaster going on in New York City. So, oh, and then I got Houston. So, so, uh, so yeah, so you know, <laughs> yeah, so you know, yeah. And, and, I'm laughing. And, and the opera in Houston might be like, oh, that's the end of the world. I'm leaving. <laughs> 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 so, which is, you know, he'll be right in that sense. So, but, so we, in other words. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a problem. Well, it's it's not just that. It's it's that you know the Bible told us that these things were were going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that that we have to always remember when we when we do read the Bible, the Bible tells us what's going to happen. It doesn't say how. Yeah, it, it says it, what? It, it points in that direction. So. But it doesn't say necessarily how. So you yep. have to keep your mind open. Yep. So. And and know that God is always going to be God. Yeah. So. Um, so anyway, the uh, the Oak Ridge interviewer uh, said that your critical time is your first five minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. You noted that the first five minutes after po pipeline rupture are the most dangerous. That makes sense, because what happens is you got the, you got this pipeline rupture, and guess what? You're forming huge piles of gas that are just pooling all, right. over, the place. all over the place. So, so really, the, let's put it this way. You would hope that it would blow up quicker than later. Um, because if it, because, well, because the long, right, yeah, because if you got a huge, pulls, well, the longer it pulls, the bigger the blast you're gonna and, get. Yeah, so, that's so you want it to happen quick. Yeah, and and, and usually, and yeah, and usually when it happens like that, the element of surprise catches everyone, and it exactly. usually takes three or four minutes before you figure out, oh, it's a pipeline blast. Oh, I'm, am I on fire? <laughs> Since yeah. it's close to the river, I would assume the gas is going to lay low uh, for a larger area than it would out in the desert. I agree. Yep. And so, because in, in Hudson River? Yep. So, um, yeah, three minutes is pretty pretty unrealistic, unrealistic let's put it that way. Okay. Um, and that's even in the best circumstance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, see in the report, the analyst assumed that the isolation valves would be closed in three minutes. Okay, so that's the unfortunate thing. Um, So anyway, he ran it through a program called the ALOHA program, and he said the ALOHA calculation for this scenario has resulted in a maximum sustained methane release of 256,000 pounds per minute and a total release of 354 1,651 pounds over nine minutes. The analysts assumed that the maximum release over one minute, uh, that was 256,000 pounds of methane, and determined the TNT amount with a yield factor of 0.05, so times that 0.05 to get your equivalent TNT. 
Um, I'm using the regulatory guide 1.191 formula. The analysts determined that the minimum safe distance beyond which there would be less than one PSI overpressure was 2,351 feet. Okay? So you said your safety distance is 2,351 feet. Um, it's strange how close things can come. So, so we got to remember, this is the assumption that it's just a three-minute shutoff time, and they said that the safety distance would be 2,351 feet. And as we mentioned, there are error upon error upon error made from the original engineering report. So, so this is a best-case scenario, okay? Okay. So your best-case scenario is 2,351 feet. And, um, and that could be wrong. Uh, it is wrong. And, no, but uh, I'm just saying. Uh, it's a lot larger than that, I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, and, and, yeah, next week we're going to talk about that. I'm going to talk with some of the engineers that I know, and okay. we're going to come up with a number that we think is probably more accurate. But, just to close today's discussion, yes, uh, we took the liberty to get a GPS map and uh, look at the pipeline and measure out the distance from reactor number three, which is now, which is presently active, so the center, the very center of the reactor, not the distance on GPS to the nuclear to the aim pipeline. Okay, and it came out to two thousand two hundred twenty-six feet. So, so we got a problem, Houston. So Houston, you have you have a compounded problem. So we've got them saying your safe distance is 2,351 feet. You're sure? Yet the GPS map, which most people would say doesn't lie. You're sure? Says 2,226 feet to the middle of a nuclear reactor. So you're sure? <laughs> I keep saying that. So guess what? Kaboom. Yes. It's in the middle. So... So anyway, um, and that's your most optimistic scenario. So, so next time, we're going to talk about uh, uh, if Ashley wants to come back again. Okay. And we're going to talk about more of those engineers that were made in their calculation. Wow. Ashley, you are invited back at any time. You may come, and um, hopefully we'll hear your voice more. But wow. Doc, as I always say, I leave this room smarter every time I sit down and talk to you. I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe. This has been the Prophecy Show on the Christ the King Radio Network. As always, until next time, love God and each other. The preceding program was made possible in part by the generous financial support of listeners like you. By Maximize Life Chiropractic, bringing you to optimum health, Maximize Life Chiropractic. For more information in the Denver metro area, give them a call at 303-922-8146 or visit the website at www.MaximizeLifeChiropractic.com by Internet Media Providers, makers of Crosslink. With Crosslink, you can view 
any Christian television station in the world using Crosslink. For more information, look for the link to Internet Media Providers on this website or app, or visit us directly at www.internetmediaproviders.com. Produced by CTK Media Services.